welcome back to another episode of In-Depth. My name is Luke Hardacre and I'm a surf coach at Ombi. If you're new to Ombi, we take a look at surfing from the perspective of ocean, mind, body and equipment. In this podcast, it's all about straight to the point tips, things that you can take away, implement into your surfing or things that make you view surfing in a different way. This week's episode, I have not covered equipment. I say it every week, ocean, mind, body, equipment. I've covered a lot of the other three. So this week, I wanted to dive into equipment. And this is a question I ask people when I start coaching them. As I get to know them, figuring out what they want to do. And why do you ride the boards you ride? For what reason do you pick up that surfboard over your other boards? Or why do you decide to pick one off the rack against the other when you buy it? Let's forget about like marketing, anything like that, hype, you know, FOMO, whatever, when we're buying things. And also let's forget conditions. Just say that it's like your perfect ideal set of waves. Why do you pick that board that you always go to over the others? And this could be a tough or easy question for you. But I want you to think more about those boards and why you ride them. And before I really jump into this and breaking down boards, there's so much nuance in surfboard design and how they can change, how they're made, the shapes, constructions, how they can add and hide foam and how the board functions to even the fins. This is a more overall look at your surfboard and more importantly, your surfing. This isn't deep diving onto tail shapes and how they impact your surfing. If you want to dive deep, we've got a training program, Get the Right Surfboard, that goes through all of that stuff. You can start a free trial anytime. Link will be in the show notes. The way I want you to think about any surf before you paddle out is how do I want to ride the waves out there? Every surf. Small, big, fat, shore break, overhead, closeouts, whatever. I want you to think the same thing. How do I want to ride the waves out there? And this may seem common sense. If it's small, take the bigger board. If it's bigger, take the smaller board. If it's well overhead, take a step up. This works, but it also allows you to fall into a few traps and changes the way you view your board. It makes your board choice all about how you want to paddle into a wave and not how you want to surf the wave when you're on it. Do you see the difference between those two statements? How do you want to catch a wave? And how do you want to surf it? So paddle power can be a trap. And depending on the answer, you may have both or only one of those in the question of how do you want to catch a wave and how do you want to surf it? And which one is more important to you? That is... What governs most surfers' purchase or choice of that board? For the average surfer or low intermediate and beginner surfers, it usually is always how you want to catch a wave. Makes sense. You want more waves, you want to get them easier, and you want more of them often. That doesn't change as you get better. But this is where that surfer who wants to try new things, wants to turn their board, wants to surf with more flow, maneuvers, can fall into a trap. This is also where people who've been trying for years and years are not finding 
what they want in their surfboards, not finding a change in their surfing. And the trap is that you want a board that paddles easily, catches waves easily, and can catch waves way out on the shoulder of the wave, where there is less stress and less competition for the wave. But then they also want that board to perform like a high-performance shortboard. They want it to respond quickly. They want their surfing to not be flat, slow, and sluggish. And these two statements, for the average surfer, can be at odds with each other. In some board choices, you can't have your cake and eat it too, especially when it comes to the average surfer. So with all surfboard design, it starts coming down to a point of trade-offs. And what I'm referring to here is the higher volume performance shortboard. The more volume you add to this board, the more you begin to mute those high performance features and change how that board behaves. It's all about trade-offs. You can add more volume and paddle power in many ways, increasing the width, thickness, or length. But by changing those dimensions of the board, you will change how it functions and increase its volume. But what is volume? Really quickly, just glance over it. Volume is just the amount of space your board takes up. Instead of cubic meters or whatever else would have made more sense, the surfing industry somehow chose liters. And volume is just a measure of how buoyant your board is in terms of surfing. And buoyancy is just the board's resistance to being sunk under the water. The more buoyant it is, the more it wants to float and the harder it will be to sink the board underwater. By increasing your volume, you make the board hard to sink, and that can fundamentally change how that board functions and the size or the weight of the person it might suit better. To turn your board, you have to use your rails and sink your rail to begin and hold a turn. If the board has more volume, that will have more buoyancy, and it's going to want to resist being sunk more. So if you make your board wider, you'll have a wider surface area on top of the water. And this can make the board more stable, along with the added volume. You now have to apply more force though, to the rail to get it to sink. You have more water to displace and more resistance to sinking. This goes on for so much more of your board design. This is really just the overall thought, the idea, the concept. And it can change from how water flows underneath your board to the shape of the board and the rails and how they interact with the water. Like one change can do very little to how you feel it, but all these little things add up and it's how a board performs, how it functions. By adding more volume, by changing the length, width, thickness, and more nuanced parts of your board design, you will change how that board performs. And usually when you're adding more volume, they'll start muting other parts of the board and how it performs. Taking this idea, this concept, this understanding into choosing our boards. If you want a more forgiving board, that's great. But if you're chasing a board to improve your surfing and not just catch waves, and what I'm talking about here is these glorified wave catching boards, you've got to ask yourself what you value more that easy paddle in, how it rides, and what surfing it allows you to do, or a mixture of both. This comes back to the original question then. 
why do you ride that surfboard? As well as what kind of surfing do you want to do when you're on a wave? If all you want is to catch a wave and pop up, and with everything after that as a bonus, great, pick the board that gives you the best and suits the conditions you're paddling out into. Take the board that's going to give you a good paddle in. Take the board that's going to give you a stable pop-up. But if you want to do those maneuvers and you're chasing a mid-length seven-foot board that's super wide and thick, you're going to need to balance your expectations because it's not going to paddle in like a log and perform like a shortboard. When someone goes on a rant about how great their board is at paddling and catching waves, as well as being amazing at turning and being responsive, I usually get alarm bells. Not in like a negative way, but it just makes me question what that surfer knows. And something doesn't usually add up if that person's an average surfer. If you're talking Torin Martin, a pro surfer, amazing on a mid-length, yeah, there's some, there's some exceptions to the rule. But for the average surfer, they're going to struggle to get the best of both worlds out of one board. So when we change our boards, we need to surf smarter and not harder. And when you take a smaller board and opt for more performance or more feeling or anything that diminishes your easiness to catch a wave, you have to surf smarter and not harder. Remind yourself that catching a wave relies more on positioning than it does on speed or paddle power. If you're on the shoulder, you can paddle your heart out, but if that wave isn't going to break and you aren't riding a log, you pretty much have zero chance of catching that wave. But if you are in or near the pocket, closer to the peak, you can casually paddle in to catch the wave and it's going to be much easier to catch. You just have to navigate the drop and the crowd, which is where most people struggle. So. For the rest of this podcast now, I actually want to spend the time using myself as an example. I'm going to walk through all of my boards, why I ride them, and the thought process behind that. And when I moved to the UK, I brought a few with me, and I've gotten a few since, and I've made some mistakes, which you'll figure out as I go through them. So my quiver is a 9.0 log, which is self-shaped. There's a whole podcast or guide about that. A 5.9 shortboard, a 5.8 retro-inspired single fin, a 5.2 small waveboard, and a 7.6 softboard foamy. Yes, I still use a foamy and love it. So these are mostly shortboards, but I ride my log when I want to practice nose riding. Going fast, feeling like I'm cheating, riding a wave all the way into the beach, and I'm not working for it. That kind of lazy day. Well, when, to be honest, when the waves are usually small and I just want to not really care. I don't ride this board at really anything above shoulder high. I'd rather just my ride my shortboard on bigger waves. My shortboard is a shortboard. It's nothing revolutionary. It does its job as described and is a small board. If the waves are standing up and showing me possible sections, I see this as my chance to enjoy failing forwards and work through maneuvers. I want the board to respond and give me more feeling. My retro-inspired shortboard is an odd board, and it's a board I brought with me from Australia to the UK. It's a really odd board in the UK. I don't like it at all here. It was made for point breaks. 
It wants to sit in the pocket and not race down the line. It's going to give me a slower, longer, more drawn out turn. It will stop me from pumping for speed and work with what the wave gives me. If I surf for point break, I want this board. I love it. I want to sit in the pocket and work on surfing top to bottom. I want to practice long maneuvers. I want to be more patient and observe the wave and respond to what it's doing. This is not what you get on typical beach breaks in the UK. Mushy and straight handers. This board I got with an extra bit of thickness for the crowds of the Gold Coast. Before I moved, and I have always regretted that little bit of extra foam. It sounded good at the time. I got it custom made. And about a year after, I always would sit on that board and just like, I really didn't need that. And I wish I didn't, because I'd rather more feeling out of this board, not paddle power. My second last board is my small wave board. I kind of dislike this. It's all the design functions I dislike in small wave boards and glorified wave catchers, wider, thicker, and shorter to allow a smaller turning circle to fit into small waves. The board feels to me more like a lot of effort for little reward. I only take this board out when I want to work on turns in the summer and I feel like I've been on my longboard way too much. In small waves, my longboard is just way too much more fun than a small wave shortboard. My last board, which some people will be surprised with, is a 7.6 Foamy. And I love this thing. It's the most beat up piece of junk I've ever surfed. And I surf it when I want no expectations. And I want to have a laugh. It's not about X, Y, Z. It's just go out there, be there. Do the thing. Just be in the water. Or it's when it's summer in Cornwall in the UK and the crowds are intense, to say the least. I find the crowds in the Gold Coast so much easier to navigate than the crowds in Cornwall where it's kind of more uncontrolled chaos compared to controlled chaos. I will ride this option because it's the safe option. I'm not worried someone will appear out of nowhere. I'm not worried someone won't move out of my way. If I accidentally hit them, they're fine. So in summer, when it's small, it's crap. Seven, six boards are a good choice. If there's a lot of people who don't know how to get out of the way and I can't get out of the way in time, then I'm not worried. It's fun. Not to hit people, but like, it's fun to ride that board, if you know what I mean. There's a common theme to my boards. And you'll notice nothing is about catching waves. It's all about what I want to do with that board and what it allows me to do. Yes, my log will allow me to catch waves easier. And yes, my single fin has quite a few more liters of volume over my shortboard. But I'll hands down pick my shortboard over my single fin unless it's a point break. Then it's a choice of what do I feel like doing? The next step after this is, well, what I want to add to that quiver. And what opens up my surfing to different things I can't do now, or how do I progress to something better suited to what I'm doing? And that's a question for yourself as well. From here, for me, I actually want a mid-length to where I can take more speed into weaker waves, but accept that maneuvers are going to be weaker than the shortboard. The turns will be longer. It's not going to give me as much feeling. 
I'm going into that kind of board purchase or ride, understanding the limitations of that board. And I'm choosing to ride, say, a mid-length because I see that as potentially a way to suit my energy, how I'm feeling, what I want to do, if that makes sense. Not about catching waves easier. The waves might be mushy, weak. And I'm like, yeah, might as well go out there, turn a bit more than the longboard will, but still, like, keep it lazy. So in summary, what this all boils down to is, what do you want your surfing to feel like? What do you want to do when you get up on a wave? And your board choice should be heavily involved in that. If all you want to do is just get up to your feet, that is totally fine. If all you want to do is increase your wave count, that's totally fine. Just be conscious of the glorified wave catches if you want to turn. And if you've got one of those boards or that's what you're riding today, tomorrow, whatever it is, lower those expectations and work with the board's limitations, not against them. Or have a variety of boards to suit what you want out of each surf. Any increase in volume will mute and lessen the responsiveness of a higher performance board. It will change how it functions. If you surf a smaller board, remember it's all about positioning and you just need to adjust to catching waves closer to the peak in the pocket. As I said at the top of this episode, this wasn't meant to go into deep board design. That's a whole other concept. This is just the way that you view it. If you want to go deep into board design, we have our training program, Get the Right Surfboard. The link will be in the show notes. And as always, if you want to improve your surfing, you can start our intermediate 12-week program or our beginner 6-week program, as well as the whole library of training programs. You can just head to train.ombi.co or show notes below, start a free trial. If you've been loving these podcasts, it'd mean a lot. Share them with a friend, leave a review. Appreciate it. I love all the support. I tend to get quite a few emails recently, especially after being away for so long. So I will be, again, making that commitment to try and keep these out, even though this one's a bit late. But anyways, has this episode prompted you to think about your surfing and the boards you're riding? So change the way you might view them. Do those objectives that you want in your surfing, do they match the boards you surf? Or is it time to try maybe a new board or play around with it, view it from a different way? Or do you just enjoy catching waves and anything after that is a win, which, hell, that ain't bad at all. I'd love to know. You can reach out anytime, message me in the app, or send an email to info.ombi.ca. Next week, I'm going to be following this up with an entire episode focused around beginner questions. So a lot of these podcast episodes are kind of somewhere in between of all the different skill levels. And I wanted to answer some more nuanced questions just about beginners. So that episode will be coming out next week. So until then, I'll see you next time.